Hello, good morning, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Comic Talk, the podcast. My name is Jesse Rivera. Today is Friday, August the 7th, and I want to send a very special happy birthday shout out to my very dear friend, Ms. Emily Peterson. You know her, you love her, you should tell her happy birthday. Uh, August 1st was also my mom's birthday, so a couple of very special ladies in my life celebrating another year of life and for that i am forever grateful hey coming up today on the podcast i have the adorkable dustin wood and he really is adorkable um he's he's so comfortable in his own skin and he really helped me just it was like a, a little therapy session with with my little brother he's he's a great guy and i really admire everything he's doing he lives way out in weed california it's funny i didn't even think that he lived in weed and we never even talked about weed one time we talked about mushrooms but i don't think we talked about weed so uh it is not a conversation about weed it is a conversation with the guy from weed okay so i hope you're doing well i hope you're being healthy i hope you're wearing a fucking mask and if you're not wearing a mask, I hope you have a very good reason. Like, you know, you just can't. And I get it. I get it. Some people just aren't able to wear a mask. But if you're able to wear a mask, I hope you are wearing a fucking mask. So be a good person. Wear a mask. Say hello to strangers. Be nice. And enjoy episode number 64 of Comic Talk, the podcast with my good friend, Mr. Dustin Wood. Peace. Dustin Wood, how the hell are you, my friend? What's up, brother? How you doing? It's I'm I'm excited to be here, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 been a it's been a crazy four months, and um, I, I had this podcast going. Uh, I started it last July, and uh, didn't really know what I was doing. Still, kind of don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know what I want it to be. I just want to get on, talk to people, see what people are all about. But then when when all the craziness hit in uh, in March. Um, I got super depressed and I couldn't bring myself to be this cheerful and hey, how's it going? And like, I just, it just felt like I was really, really faking it. And, uh, right. And I couldn't do it. But, uh, maybe about, uh, I don't know, maybe about four or five weeks ago, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. And that's when I called up Danny D because we're good friends and I knew that I could experiment with her. And you should be like, she wouldn't mind if I like recorded 10 minutes with her and then said, oh, this isn't going to work, you know? Right. I mean, Danny's, Danny is known for her experimentation. <laughs> Being a good friend. Yeah. Yeah. She's crazy. I love her, man. And, I and, love Danny to death. I love yeah. her so much. Yeah. She's awesome. And then um, I saw you do comedy one time at, at, a, at a Blacktop Open Mic, I think. Could it have been? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah. when there was nobody there but comedians. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was always a good workshop. It really is. It, I, the only thing I wasn't used to is I'm not used to open mics where after you perform, the host goes up and goes, all right, what'd that guy do wrong? And the rest of the audience <laughs> is like, yeah, I would have well, done this tag. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, that was with uh, Josh and Al. And they, and they just love to, they love to roast, so... Yeah, Al's the best. That was my first time seeing Al, and Al, that guy is like quickly became one of my favorite like Sacramento comics. He's so funny. Yeah, yeah, he's great. And and Josh, Josh is so quick. Like I can't, I can't, um, I can't pun and I can't roast because I'm just like not that quick on my on my feet like that to to just rip off the top of I. That's just not. I it. can't. I can't do that. I'm the same way. All my, all my comedy is self-deprecating. Yeah. And so the second I have to turn it around on somebody else, you, you see how 
insecure and Catholic of a human being I am because I can't like insult someone without apologizing instantly <laughs> afterwards. So I couldn't do a roast. It would be the saddest roast in history. I, I think I'm very much the same way, you know, um, me, you know, me being a big guy. Um, I think a lot of my humor came from trying to deflect the attention away from me back onto somebody else. Right. Same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You wear so, you wear it as armor almost. Yeah. And so, you know, the uh, and, jo and Josh and, and Al are, are a couple of the nicest guys. And they, they oh, yeah. asked me a couple of times, like, hey, you want to do a roast battle? And I'm like, dude, I've seen a mile. I know what this roast is going to be all about. <laughs> it's sad that you watched that and you were like, I'm definitely not Eminem in this situation. <laughs> I'm not going to let myself be. <laughs> but, yeah, you know? I'm, I'm Papa Doc. Yeah, totally. That's such a great movie. Um, I love that movie. As uh, growing up, Eminem was my hero. There's pictures floating around on the internet that I'm constantly trying to get rid of, of me in fifth grade and my hair bleached, completely blonde, and I'm wearing a white t-shirt and blue jeans. And it's like, it's so obvious that I was trying to be the fat Eminem in school. I look like peanut Eminem, basically. <laughs> it was bad. Did you try to rap? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember a girl dumped me once because she said, um, I'm too tall for you was the reason she gave me. And I remember writing an entire rap about her, but was afraid to perform it. So I just printed it out and put it on all the lockers. And people were like, damn, Dustin's really into poetry. And I was like, no. <laughs> damn it. It's supposed uh, to be a rap. <laughs> so, Dustin, let, let, let's let's get people a little bit acquainted with you. Um, you live out in the middle of nowhere, right? Is that what yeah. Because like when you message me, you're like, "Dude, I got nothing to do out here. Get me on your podcast." So <laughs> exactly. And a little bit about that place. Okay, so I live in a county, a very small county called Siskiyou County, and I live in a town called Weed, California, and it's right at the Oregon-California border. Wow. And uh, it's, yeah, incredibly small town. I. uh much like you, I deal with a lot of depression and stuff like that. And, and it was why I was interested to talk to you, because people don't understand that comedians deal with normal feelings, just like, you know, non-funny people, I guess. But we deal with them on a higher level because we're talking about this shit that depresses us on stage. Yeah. For yeah. everybody to hear, where most people just go to a therapist and we go on stage and tell these crazy personal things. So being here, I was getting super depressed because at first when I first started comedy, I could only book myself um, at a club here. I was running the bookings. So I'd book myself to host once a month and then I would bring in, you know, Robert Barry or Justin Rivera or Jimmy Earl, like bigger names to fill out the show and make it good and once once everything shut down was when things were picking up for me and I was booked every weekend in Oregon and Washington and all this stuff and now it just all got cut off right when I was having the time of my life so I've been dealing with a lot of uh do I stay in bed all day crying or do I get up and try to write something funny yeah uh so how long have you been doing comedy I've been doing it six years now Six years. That's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good run. Yeah, I mean, I I always wanted to be a comedian, but I thought growing up that you had to live in like New York or L.A. to yes. realistically do it. And I went to um, I graduated from college as a theater major, and I was really into acting. And then I got uh, a really a really rare condition. You can kind of see my finger there, the bump on it. Oh wow. So it's called blue rubber bleb nevis syndrome and it's incredibly rare, like less than a hundred people in the world have it. And it attaches the nerve endings and it causes a lot of pain and internal bleeding. And I just graduated community college as a theater major and was trying to go to a university to their theater department. And I ended up, my condition spread to my gums and that's why I'm missing my teeth right now. Okay. Um, I have one but it's a fake tooth that I got put in when I was in high school. So it's the only one that stuck around because it's like, like concreted in there, but. So did it just like, did it just like, um, uh, uh, like inflate your gums and push your teeth out? 
Yeah, and the and constant bleeding because these things are basically pockets of blood that leak every day and then refill. Uh-huh. And so it was just a constant wear and tear of constant bleeding. I was washing my mouth out all the time. And eventually they just started coming out completely whole. You know, it, it took away all the enamel and they just fell out. And after that, I couldn't get cast in anything, you know, because I was missing, unless it was like a hockey play or, you know, deliverance to musical, they weren't putting me in it. And so I had to, I was at home, I was depressed, I didn't know what to do. And a buddy of mine, I didn't even have internet at the time. A buddy of mine went on YouTube and just stole a bunch of stand-up comedy clips. And he, all he typed in was Sacramento comedy. And okay. so he brought, he brought me like two hours worth of comedy on a DVD. And I started watching it. And I remember thinking like, these guys are so good. They're so funny. And they're in Sacramento. Like uh, one clip was from Chico. One was from Reading, which is only an hour from me. Yeah. And I was like, okay, comedy's close. I, and I made a list of all the people on that, um, on that DVD. And I told myself like, I'm going to, one day I'm going to work with all these guys. One day these guys are going to be like, happy to work with Dustin Wood like I had to make this list as like inspiration I just found out recently that I've worked with everybody on the list twice over which really? is yeah really cool really exciting for me do you and remember some I, of those names uh, oh I remember most of them uh Jimmy Earl J.R. de Guzman Johnny Taylor Jr. Daniel Humbarger uh just Justin Rivera Chad Beals Sam Bruno ba basically anyone that uh, Wendy Lewis Robert Berry anyone in the like Sacramento comedy scene that's been around longer than six years was yeah. most likely on that list. Wow. It was, it was a lot of fun, man. It was cool. And, and a lot of these guys, like, uh, I don't know how often you work in the Oregon area, none, but none. there's a, there is a really great comic up here named Carl Lee. Okay. And he was on America's got talent, been on BET. He's an amazing comedian. And he hosts a club in Medford and I went up there a week before I decided to do my first open mic and I got to watch Carl Lee and Alex Elkin perform that night. And Alex Elkin, you know, won. he had just won the San Francisco comedy competition. Like in my eyes, these were big comics who were also on that list. So I went up to them and I was like, I think I'm going to try comedy. And I, as a comedian, I've heard that so many times now. And it, and it never, it never pans out, you know? And so yeah. the fact that these two comics who just finished a show sat down with me for 40 minutes and went over my first five minutes of comedy. Wow. is insane to me. Like what a great, what great people, you know, to pass that along because they had to have heard it as many times as I've heard it. Yeah. But for whatever reason, they knew I was serious about it or they were bored, but <laughs> either way, yeah, they're they waiting for their ride. Yeah, right, exactly. They're like, you're buying drinks, right? Yeah, we'll give you all the advice you want. It was, but it was eye-opening. And then I did my first open mic and I just fell in love with it. And now, you know, luckily I've gotten to work with all those people. And every time I come to Sacramento, I always find new comics that I like fall in love with their comedy. Uh, one comic I want to bring up specifically because he's just, maybe one of the funniest guys I've ever seen is, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, is Joe Guffrey. Oh, yeah, yeah. He had an opening joke that literally, if I think about it, like, I'll, st I'll start laughing. It, he's so funny. And so that's what I love about Sacramento comedy scene is I feel like it's a little underrated, maybe because it's so close to San Francisco or, or a little close, like closer to L.A., I think it gets kind of swept under the rug. And I feel like Sacramento comedy is maybe the best comedy scene in the world right now and incredibly underrated. Like, what, what do you think? I hear the, the whole underrated thing a lot. Um, and I hear it from like, um, like, like middle tier comics that are just like, you can get like, you can get um, like Sacramento is a good training ground, you know? It really, yeah. And, um, and, and I, I think, yes, I, I totally agree that it's underrated. Um, the best scene in uh, the, one of one of the hotter scenes, definitely. Um, but it, it's just so sad that everything has like come to a standstill. But like even right now, like in, in the time that we're in, like what um, Laughs Unlimited is doing 
with the um have you heard about what they're doing yeah, with the, the silent comedy yes brilliant brilliant and, and i and i got to give them big props for that you know because they're they're not sitting around like darn it what are we going to do well you know there's like well let's figure this out yeah that's know? all jenny too she's brilliant like yeah that that's that's the brainchild of someone that loves comedy and is not taking no for an answer when it comes to putting on shows i right now i'm in a talk i'm in talks with drive-in movie theaters in oregon trying to get that set up because okay. at this point if if we wait it out it's just uh we're never going to hear that report on the news saying everything's fine yeah we're yeah. we're basically biding time until the next you know disaster so I, I'm done waiting for them to say it's okay to go out. Like I already have a messed up immune system because of my condition. I'm more than anybody. I should be staying inside, but I have a mask. I, I do. So I'm Catholic. So I've been social distancing since I was 10. So <laughs> I like, I don't need to worry about being around people. I'm very safe. And, and I, and I wash my hands all the time. I'm done being at home. I want to perform so bad. And I'm glad that some businesses are finally starting to, see the light that yeah we can't go back to the way it was but we don't have to let's let's figure out a new way so yeah. that comedy lives on yeah um i've noticed that uh let, let's we're going to shift it back to you like and I, i'm glad that you brought up that you were a theater major because you have tons of youtube videos you have tons of uh of uh, instagram i have a second monitor over here with uh, your Instagram and your, have your YouTube, your Instagram and your Facebook all pulled up right here. And there's a lot of really good work on here. You've got your, your DTV logo. You've got a WD shirt. Like, is this, oh, because, yeah. is this because you're up where there's nothing to do? So you just are always working on your. Always, on your well, I, I was, I'm a big fan of, of hip hop. And I'm a big fan of uh, of sports. And and Michael Michael Jordan was like best basketball player in the world, and he never took a day off. And comedy is the easiest job in the world when you're not doing comedy. Like the all the 23 hours you're not doing comedy, I'm always trying to make somebody laugh, whether it's online or through a t-shirt or trying to sell a t-shirt or trying to spread positivity. A lot of my shirts yeah. say be here now on them. And I try to spread positivity and living every day as if it's your last. I want when, if for whatever reason, if tomorrow's my last day, when people think about me, I want them to smile and I want them to remember that they had a good interaction with me. So I try to spend every minute I'm alive trying to make someone happy or make, someone feel positive that's maybe feeling negative or make them laugh. And so when I'm at home, I can't just sit at home and do nothing. I got to be making a new logo for a t-shirt. I have a t-shirt store up that has 40 different designs on. That's ridiculous. That's, that's too many, but I keep going with it because if people are buying them for whatever reason, and it's fun, creative outlet and, and the videos are just, the videos are a lot of fun and it's a way of, I can't do comedy on stage. So, you know, I, I'll do it on a digital stage, if you will. I tried doing the digital like zoom comedy shows. Uh-huh. It's so difficult without an audience. Like, yeah. It's, it's well, just so, weird. So, some comics have figured out their, their niche on there and they're, and they're, and they're doing really good on them, you know? Yeah. And, and now they're just getting more and more like it, the comics that I know that that went all in on the Zoom, um, I remember like watching their Facebook posts and hearing them talk about it and saying like, "Oh, it's weird, it's awkward, it's that." Right and now they're just boom, 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 and I've watched a couple of the shows, and it's it's like I think just like everything else, it it it, it had to learn to crawl before it could walk, you know. Exactly, and, and there's no way of doing it without doing it. Like you yeah. you can do as many sample shows as you want, but. You're not going to know until you just jump. Like you said, the, the show you did with Danielle, you yeah. just jumped, jumped into the deep end, you know, but what I let, I will say, and I got, and I got to compliment you on this is your show feels polished despite it being something that you don't feel. I don't know if you feel it's not polished, but it, to me, when I watched it, I was like, Oh, I got to get on this podcast. How have I not discovered this yet? You know? Thank you. So, thank you. 
yeah, I, I think what you do, I think, I think the biggest thing is the cat showing up in most of the podcasts. Well, it's the dog. She's right here. Look. Oh, is it the dog? It's a tiny screen. <laughs> yeah, she's right there. Baby. Oh, yeah. Look, so, right. Oh, yeah, it is a dog. Oh, so cute. Yeah, it's Penelope. She was taking, she's like, I was taking a nap. <laughs> uh, we, we have, I used to have a dog, but our apartment complex we live in here, uh-huh. um, it, it's nicknamed Baby Compton. It's kind of like <laughs> the ghetto area of my town. Uh-huh. And, which is like so insulting. Like, it's probably the safest ghetto in the world, but they still call it Baby Compton. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. We, for, the, for a while, it was okay to have dogs, but then they stopped because we there's an like infestation of feral cats that live here. Oh, wow. And they live in the dumpster area. They like walk around in packs. Everyone calls them dumpster cats. Uh-huh. And literally, I, uh, I ran over one's tail on accident backing out. Uh-huh. And I see this fucking cat every day outside my house. It's the most thug ass cat I've ever seen. It's always got like four or five cats behind him. And he's got like a scar over his eye. And he's always giving me that look like, bitch, one day I'm going to get you alone. Ugh. It's the scariest situation. (laughs) There's a neighborhood cat that just walks around up and down my my street. Like it's their block. And the other day (laughs) I had my screen door open. It's like, I'll leave the screen door open so the dog can go in and out during the day. And the other day, the dogs, the, the cats just started to walk into the house. They're like, <laughs> you know, like the, the cat like put a paw in and like, I looked up and like, it looked at me like, what? And <laughs> My house now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, uh, the, these feral cats, they, they, they'll take over if they, if they, if they could. Dude, they don't give a shit. They're not afraid of anything. Cat, cats in general are just kind of like asshole animals. Yeah, they are. Like they, they already have that, like, I'm better than you type thing. So when you get one and then you thug it out by making it live in the dumpster its whole life. And, like, it, I saw two cats uh, fighting a possum here. And they killed the possum and then dragged it into the dumpster area like dinner is served. Wow. I'm never taking my trash out again. I'm just going to stack the shit up in my house because I guarantee you I'm way more of a pussy than a possum. <laughs> and I do not want to get dragged into a dump. Like, what a messed up obituary. Stand-up yeah. comedian killed by dumpster cats. Like, and then, like It's got, like, the dumpster cats mug shots and, like, it's records. And, and, it's, like, <laughs> and it's like the, the, the dumpster cat's going to plead a – it's going to plead a deal. Like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> Um, but you can't charge them for all the other shit, you know? Like It's like, kill me, bitch. I got eight other lives if you do it. I don't even yeah. care. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, you you posted a video the other day of, uh, of a little adventure you went on. Uh, can we talk about yeah. that? Uh, yeah. So my friend, I, I grew up, uh, because of my condition, I was given, like, prescription medications from an early age. And it soured me on drugs. I didn't like it. When, when you give a kid drugs and they don't know that, when, you know, when you're a teenager, feeling high is a fun feeling. But when you're a kid, you just think something's wrong with you because now you're feeling things differently. Yeah. And so that's what happened to me. And so at a young age, I was like, dude, I hate drugs because I didn't like how it made me feel. It made me feel not in control. And so when eventually it got to high school and college, I'd never done drugs. I'd never done anything. And now that I'm in comedy and I'm around people <laughs> that, you know, are a little more recreational with their drug use, I've, I've, I've lightened up a little bit on my stance. So like I, I'll, yeah. I've, I've tried edibles. The first time I tried an edible, I ended up going to the ER <laughs> because I did my condition. If one of these pops, it causes like a chain reaction to the rest uh-huh. and I'll just, and I'll just bleed out and die. And the doctor told me you'll feel really cold. Like you, someone threw ice water on you. Uh-huh. And so I took, I took an edible and it was a really strong one. And I didn't know that a side effect of marijuana is it can make you feel cold as well. So I started feeling cold and I was like, Oh my God, I'm dying. And so I called nine one one and I was like, um, I think I'm dying. I feel wet. And they were like, uh, did you go into water? And I was like, no, it's like I'm wet inside. Like there's something wet inside of me. And they were like, 
are you in danger? And I was like, no, I'm just with my dad. And I hung up and I looked at my dad and he was like, what did you just do? You just called the 911 and told them I put something wet inside of you. And I was like, I, I, I did? I didn't remember it. Right after hanging up the phone, the fucking emergency, the ambulance comes. They're doing like my blood pressure. And my landlord walked up and I just put my hand up and she turned around and walked away. And I turned to the EMT and I was like, that's my landlord. She practices lesbianism. And then <laughs> a couple minutes later, I looked at the EMT and I was like, did someone walk up to us? And he was like, yeah, your landlord. She practices lesbianism. And in my head, it was my first time hearing that. Uh-huh. And I was like, practices lesbianism? What an intolerant piece of shit. Like, I didn't realize he was saying my <laughs> words back to me. Yeah, yeah. So, even on edibles, I was like, I can't handle this. I'm not good on drugs. So it took, that was five years ago. It's taken five years to work me up. My friend's badgering me. You got to try mushrooms. You got to try mushrooms. You got to try mushrooms. So last week I finally, I went to the lake <laughs> with my friends and took mushrooms. How much did and, you take? Uh, like, I, I don't know because they were all like chopped up. Yeah. So yeah I yeah. didn't know. It's like just like a I couple of stems or a cap. Or... No, it was like, if you filled up like a, it was like that much. If you stacked, it was quite a bit. I'm finding out that I took quite a bit. Yeah, that sounds like a lot. Doing, yeah. Yeah, for someone doing the first time. Yeah. They were they were like, Yeah, you should have not because at one point I could see trees um inhaling and exhaling air. Like I could you see them. Described breathing. it perfectly. Like I haven't done mushrooms in years, years, but it was but doing mushrooms was one of the funnest things in my life, right? It really was. Like yeah. it was the first time doing drugs that I didn't feel a negative effect from it. And you you described it was exactly spot on what it's like to do mushrooms. I swear, I'm not trying to promote uh, drug use. No, no. <laughs> um, it. Well, I guess I am. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, but, at this point, I even say in the video, I was like, "Can I do shrooms every day?" <laughs> because yeah, you said that. You said that. It was. It, I got I got in a fight with a dog, and then apparently made up with the dog. Um. I start, uh, my friends had to take my phone away because I called my ex-fiance and started, you made the biggest mistake of your life. <laughs> and <laughs> it was, it was the funnest like four hours of my life. That's another thing is I found out to most people when they take shrooms, it lasts like an hour. Uh-huh. And it was four hours for me that I was in this state. The worst part is I walk around the corner and my best friend's mom was at the lake that i've known since second grade <laughs> and so i'm like trying to act not like someone who's not on shrooms because i'm talking to someone that's been basically a second mother to me yeah yeah and oh man that's rough yeah so i thought i'm like dude i nailed it like i got through that entire conversation and my yeah. best friend called me the next day and he goes hey so my mom brought up a weird conversation you guys had and I was like, what did I say? And she was like, hi, how are you? And you said, hi, I'm Dustin. I'm on shrooms. Wait, don't tell her that. She's your best friend's mom. She shouldn't know you're on shrooms. Hi, Trish, how are you? <gasps> that, I said all of that out loud. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, I thought I was doing so good. But you, actually, was- you, you did good looking back on it. Because like a lot of times, like something like that could spin you into a bad trip. You know, that's what everyone said. It's like, don't think of anything negative. Don't think don't, of anything that scares you. But the second the somebody says, yeah, but somebody says, don't think of something scary. The first thing you do is, is think of scary. Yeah. yeah. So my friend is on, on an inner tube in the lake and I'm on the beach area and he yells, don't think of anything scary. And instantly it looked like someone pulled a plug on the lake and my, and the world water was swirling around my friend. Like he was going down a drain. Oh, that's crazy. And I went, Nick, plug the hole, plug the hole. And there's like families around me. <laughs> it was so bad. It, but it was so much fun. That was the only like bad part besides getting in a fight with the dog 
I just, I, it wasn't a physical fight. I just felt like the dog was being mean, like, like rude to me mm-hmm. because it, was. It, it walked out of the water and it walked right up to me and I leaned down to pet the dog and it walked right in between my legs and kept walking. <laughs> and I was like, what an unpolite asshole. <laughs> like I was so upset with this dog. And then Nick was um, deflating his inner tube and it was making this noise, the air coming out. But to me, it was Nick killing this creature. (laughs) And I was like, leave it alone. It just wants to live. And I was like, blow it back up and just let it live on the lake. And he was like, I paid $80 for this. And I was like, it's not your slave. And I was like getting in a fight with him over an inner tube. It was, for me, it was fun. For all my friends, they were like, you were a nightmare. (laughs) Wow. So are you going to do them again? Oh, fuck yeah. I already have plans. Like, I already have plans for next time I'm with, um, I have a friend, him and his wife are hip hop artists in the Portland area. And nice. they also, they also live in Grants Pass. Their names are uh, Big Wino and Lee Goddess. And they were like upset at me that I did shrooms with other friends. Oh, <laughs> they were yeah, like, yeah. come on. And so now all my different groups of friends from outside comedy are like making plans with me to do shrooms so now it's getting to the point that i'm like nine different groups of friends now want to do shrooms with me and i'm like oh no what have i got myself into yeah uh a lot of people are microdosing shrooms these days and it, it there uh, there's been studies uh, that it really helps with depression oh i mean i can see why yeah i felt yeah. great and i was doing stupid shit but i felt awesome though actually you know the only Maybe the scariest part was um, we were at the lake and they had this like porta potty set up. And my friend brought up, hey, I saw on the news that this guy like puts on a wetsuit and hangs out at the bottom of porta potties uh, because he likes being pooped on. Oh my gosh. And I was like, why would you tell somebody on shrooms that as they're just about to go into the bathroom? <laughs> yeah. And so I'm, I'm trying to like arc my pee from across the room into the toilet because I'm like, I don't want to make eye contact with somebody in the toilet that I'm peeing on. And I was scared the whole day to go even walk by that bathroom because I thought I was going to hear like, can you help me out? Like I was so scared of this guy in the bathroom that didn't even exist. It was, it was so much fun, man. I can't recommend it highly enough. Hey, what, what, what do you, what do you have behind you? Is that, is that stuff you collect or those action figures? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a super nerd, like, and I'm, I, I, I'm a nerd about basically anything and everything that I'm passionate about. A lot of that is uh, pro wrestling and superhero stuff. Oh, wow. And then like on my, on my, on my desk here, I have a ton of like nerdy superhero stuff like the Batmobile and Mega Man and stuff like that. I, I've always been, because of my condition, there was a lot of times I couldn't just go outside and play because, yeah. so a lot of my fun times as a kid were tied up with nerdy stuff and pop culture stuff. So like, I was super, I'm, I'm super into Robin Hood and Spartacus, like his, historical figures and uh, superhero, like comic books. Green Arrow was my favorite superhero growing up. So I read a ton of those. I, I love collecting that kind of stuff. My room literally looks like a museum to all the times I didn't get laid because I was buying this stuff instead. <laughs> what, is your, what is your baseball cap? Uh, oh, it's a uh, Boston Red Sox. Oh, nice. Okay. So you're a big Red yeah. Sox fan? Yeah, I'm a big Boston fan. So oh, Boston fan. Why? Why Boston? I have an uncle that lives out there, and I I just love the attitude of people yeah. from Boston, Massachusetts. It just feels more in line with how I think and and how I grew up. And um, my you know growing up around my dad, my dad's one of those guys that will he'll give you a compliment, but it's it's buried in ten layers of talking shit about you, <laughs> and so it's just very much how I grew up. And so growing up watching sports, it was always Red Sox, Celtics, Boston Bruins, and then the Patriots. Um, I don't talk much about the Patriots these days after he who will not be named left our team, but. Yeah, that that, that was rough for all Patriots fans. 
yeah, it was it was bad. But I I love all all Boston sports. I love Boston in general. It's are, just are you a fan of um? I don't know if you listen to podcasts, but uh, I listen to a lot of Bill Simmons podcasts. Do you know who? Yeah, he is? yeah, he's, he's the Boston sports guy, right? Like, he really, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's people like in my house. We had weird idols in our house that maybe other people didn't have. So like. Like Mark Wahlberg, Ben Affleck, and Matt Damon were seen as like gods in our house. <laughs> sure, for sure. <laughs> because it's like those are our boys. <laughs> and so, growing up for me, the comedy guy that I always liked, and at the time he wasn't big when I when I first got into him was Bill Burr. Yeah. And now it's like that's the epitome of being a white Irish guy in comedy. <laughs> Have you Bill seen? Burr. Have you seen the 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 YouTube documentary about the Boston comedy scene? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, what's it called? I'm gonna tell you what it's called right now, just so that um, it's called. Uh, well, hold on. Yeah, you'll have to send it to me. That's awesome. I definitely want to watch that. That that's my dream right now. Is I want to perform. I want to perform in Boston. That's that's been my bucket number one on my bucket list for the longest time. It's called uh, also. It's called when stand up. It's called when stand up stood out. When stand up stood out. And yeah, it's all about the Boston scene. Yeah, and I'm I'm sending you a link to it right now. Dude, awesome! Hell yeah, I'm all about that. Thank you. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I want to perform in Boston, but I want to perform it on a weekend that my uncle's not there, <laughs> because I don't know if I want to be in a crowd where my uncle is heckling me. <laughs> right yeah family is the worst right yeah but he he's still one of those guys he's like boston boston so like it's he's the only guy that i've heard him he uses the word queer to to like describe a newborn baby and i'm like that's not the right word that's a baby you're holding but he'll be like oh look at this cute little fucking queer and i'm like all right come on man that's a little weird and to him he's not calling the baby gay that's just like a term of endearment like to him the word queer is like saying bro <laughs> like, yeah. it's weird i love the accents except one time i heard him and my aunt uh getting intimate and during vacation and i couldn't tell who was saying what to who which was a little off-putting uh-huh. especially breakfast the next morning. I'm just looking at my uncle and I'm like, I really hope you didn't say half the things that I heard. <laughs> Otherwise this may not be the last vacation we have together. <laughs> so um, is, is the town your favorite movie? Okay. My uncle's in the town. The Shut town the is up. my favorite. So um, there, all the people in the background of those movies are extras from Charlestown. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard. I just I just rewatched Bill Simmons rewatchables about the town and yeah. he was talking about how Affleck like just moved into the neighborhood and scouted locations and Exactly. He did yeah. the same thing for Gone Baby Gone too. Yeah. So another great movie. Um, a lot of people in the background had to be told to tone it down because cameras would pan by them and they'd be like and like <laughs> look at the camera. It's like, no, this is supposed to be a serious movie. But yeah, that I love that movie. That um, to me, the movies that just kind of epitomize Boston are, uh, I mean, Patriots Day. I love Patriots Day just because it's a true story, and Boston Strong. The whole thing came Boston Strong came from that, and it just shows what a tough, resilient place Boston is. But I think the Town and Boondock Saints are maybe my two favorite. Okay. Boston movies. You Plus, know, I love Boondock Saints. You Just growing up Catholic. You know what scene I really loved in Patriots Day when you're talking about Boston Strong is uh, at the very end when they're starting to move in on the suspects and like yeah. the federal agents tell the Boston cops, okay, this is our scene. You're going to need to stand down. And the Boston cops like, the fuck we are. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that attitude is like yeah. Yeah. the rules don't apply to them because this is personal and this is our home. Yeah, and I I love that. I love all those scenes. I loved Boondock Saints growing up because it was it was Boston. You know, it was kind of like a superhero movie to me when it's I was. It's a rough a kid. movie. I I only watched it once, and I was like, "Whoo, that was a rough ride." Oh, it is. Oh, it is. But growing up, 
Irish and growing up Catholic, it was like having our own superheroes <laughs> in a way. Like as messed up as it was, the, the most excited I've ever been in my life was waiting in line to go see Boondock Saints 2. And it was on St. Patty's Day. And afterwards, maybe the three times in my entire life, I've gotten blackout drunk. And I got drunk and I woke up. My friend was a tat, uh, an aspiring tattoo artist. He wasn't oh, no. licensed, anything. <laughs> I wake up with the Boondock Saints prayer tattooed on my arm. That's a lot, too. That's not a small and, tattoo. And it was, it's misspelled in many places. No regrets. <laughs> he tried to make it into a cross, but it kind of just looks like a guy that with bad penmanship that can't stay within the lines. Wow. And, yeah, it was bad. The fact that I don't remember, uh, this has happened to me twice by him. I won't get drunk around the guy anymore. Because like bad idea. The other, the other time he did this to me. What is and that? It's a, it's a cross and a shield, and he put Japanese characters underneath it. And I looked up what they meant, and it translates to harmonized beef wind, which sounds like the weirdest way to describe a fart ever. So he basically just put fart under a, cro a Jesus's cross, basically. Uh -huh. and so to both Catholic. tattoos, I woke up wearing a white, I remember I was wearing a white shirt and all I saw was just blood outline of whatever tattoo he just put on me. Yeah. Because he didn't wrap it up. He didn't do anything. He, he was drunk too. So he just tattooed me and then went to bed. <laughs> And so both times I wake up with just blood-soaked sleeve that's stuck to the ink on the tattoo, and I had to, like, cut my shirt off of me, <laughs> like trauma shears, both times. And I haven't gotten a tattoo since. These happened, like, 11, 12 years ago. So I, I've been off, off tattoos, but I'm getting one next week, and I'm counting still, that as my first tattoo. Is he still doing tattoos, or...? Oh, God, no. No, okay. no. And I, I don't care how licensed or how good he would have been now. I would not let him near me with a needle ever again. Yeah, he done fucked that up. Yeah. Yeah, no, he lost. He, he has two strikes. I'm counting him as three. Yeah. Because, wow. Well, yeah, so I'm getting a new one right here. I was just about um, to ask. Week. What are you getting? I'm getting Be Here Now. Oh, okay, yeah, that's your thing. Be Here Now. Yeah, I, uh, when, when I first got sick, uh, I mean, since I was eight, I've been told that my condition is, um, they use the terms possibly terminal, which okay. sounded weird. Like, just say it is or it isn't. Um, because my condition, I'm always at risk of them popping and me bleeding out. Um, I had to, from a young age, I had to kind of deal with the fact that I could possibly die basically any, any like right yeah and so for the longest time that was something that i ignored and i would make jokes about it and i would do it because i was the same way you and i talked i was trying to take some of the power away from it some of the sting and yeah. it wasn't helping when i was at my most depressed i would literally have thoughts of like i wish it would happen so i could just be done mm -hmm. and that's the wrong mentality mentality to have and i remember one day just thinking like I'm so sick of being sad all the time. I'm so sick of being negative. And I watched, uh, I told you I was really into Spartacus. I was watching the television show that they had about Spartacus that was out at the time. And I noticed that the actor was different playing Spartacus. And so I looked up what happened. And the guy, the original guy who played Spartacus died of leukemia. Uh, no, non-Hodgkin's non -Hodgkin's disease. And he died from it and they had a documentary out called be here now the andy whitfield story and so i watched it and this guy was at the top of his career acting he had a beautiful wife and children young children he had this awesome life and he got cancer and everybody in his life was freaking out except for the person that had the actual cancer and he was like hey if this is it this is it but if it's not like, I'm going to tough my way through this. We're going to be fine. But let's not worry about what might kill me in four months. Let's be a family today. Let's, let's be here now, basically. Yeah. And so he got, he got it. They used to have to inject him with, uh, 
what's it called when they uh it's like the chemicals they put into you to fight cancer okay no i'm not sure yeah i can't remember the name right now either but like uh he was going through all that stuff and he put it he got a tattoo right here that said be here now so that every time they put the iv in he chemo chemotherapy um every time every time they put the thing in for chemotherapy he would see that tattoo and remind himself look this is scary now but it'll be over within an hour and then I get to be with my family and I get to be with my friends and so it just clicked in me I was like that it was such a great mantra be here now I'm done being negative and it's how I've lived my life ever since and it's been I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life despite having to deal with some of the hardships that the old me would have crumbled from these things, you know, but uh-huh. I face them head on now. And I've actually got an opportunity uh, a few times to talk to Andy Whitfield's uh, widow, Foshti. And we've gotten to talk. I told her like what an inspiration that documentary was and what it means to me. And she's really supportive and she's really cool. So I'm excited to get it tattooed on me. If, if I can just one person in my life, if I can make them feel better because of the experiences I had and that tattoo triggers that for somebody or a t-shirt with it on there, then it's worth it. You yeah. Know? Or someone's going to ask you about the tattoo and you're going to have that talk. And exactly. It, yeah. That, that's it's like that, a non-invasive way of bringing it up to someone. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Dustin, uh, be here now is also the title of the third Oasis album. Oh, which, really? Which is a really great record too. Yeah. Be here now. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. That's exciting. Do they have a song called Be Here Now or is it just the name of the album? No, I don't think they have a song called Be Here Now, but it's just like, it's the name of the album and it's kind of like a recurring theme in a lot of the songs. A lot of like what you just talked about of like, fuck it, we're right here right now. You know, right. like, let's just ride this out. Like, yeah, like we fucked up a lot in the past and like, we don't know exactly what fucking tomorrow may bring, but like, right here right now you know this this is what we can control you know that's so cool man i'm gonna i'm gonna have to check that out that's yeah amazing. check it out man D- yeah, Dustin, I, yeah oh no go ahead i didn't mean to cut you off oh, i was just gonna say sorry i just uh last night uh, i know that it's based off of like a philosopher named ram das um uh-huh. and like he had a book out called be here now and a lot of his stuff was just like don't listen to like your teachers or society telling you like, this is how you deal with trauma or stress or, or negativity. You are in control of it. Your brain, you can, you can, you can tell yourself and convince yourself of a lot of stuff. And we live in a society nowadays is like, I'm sad. Oh, here's a pill for it. Yes. And we are in so much more control than, than we realize. So that, that's something that I, I'm very passionate about passing on, even though I'm, I'm saying that now, but I also just told you a story of me taking shrooms. So. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> uh, um, Dustin, let, let, let's wrap it up, man. You, I, I, let me tell you that uh, I know that you and I, we, we had never sat down and had a conversation. Like we crossed paths. We're kind of like right. doing the same thing. And so I was like, man, I hope this conversation flows, but it, it really did. Did I, I have really enjoyed uh, talking to you and learning about you and I'm, I'm going to be really happy to put this podcast out into into the universe and and hopefully someone can listen to it and be like oh fuck yeah man these two dudes can figure it out these two dudes can figure out how to be a little bit happy right here right, right. now today like let's that that's that's totally I, I fuck with that philosophy hardcore man exactly. that's what I was I want people to look at me and be like if this toothless fat guy <laughs> <laughs> has figured out how to be happy then i can be happy and yes. that that's all i want i gotta say man i had so much fun doing this like i said we haven't had a ton of interactions um you are an incredibly fun person to talk to i had so much fun i would love to come back anytime you want me man this yeah is yeah we're, we're gonna run into each other further down the road okay. I, I just know it i just know hey i want to plug your social medias and anything you got going on Sure. I'm on Instagram mostly at adorkable Dustin Wood. Okay. Um, I'm on Facebook at facebook.com slash Dustin Wood comedy. And um, I, I'm part of a, com- a touring comedy group called Stuffed Pickles. And 
we are on YouTube right now. That's where a lot of at Stuffed Pickles Entertainment, and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook as well. And that's where a lot of my sketches are posted and stuff like that. I'm always putting content out. And if you want to buy a t-shirt like this one or the 40 other designs I have up, you can go to tpublic.com and just search a dorkable Dustin Wood and they'll pop up. I'll, I will put links to all of that in the, uh, in the episode uh, page. So, awesome. Okay. And thank you so much. Make it easy. D Dustin, stay safe out in weed and stay positive and, and, keep, and keep pushing it, man. I really appreciate you. Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. All right, man. Take care, Dustin. Take care, buddy. Peace.